Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Beacons Are Lit, a Lord of the Rings podcast. This one covering The Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 4, titled The Great Wave. I'm the host, Mike Marbach. Today, I'm joined by Stacey Lyons. Hello. Matt Garen. Hey there. And Kelly Conrad. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. Yeah, we're here to discuss The Great Wave, Season 1, Episode 4, but before we do... You know, week after week, month after month, we've been doing this podcast, <laughs> and I've been, I've been preaching, I've mm-hmm. been lighting those beacons, trying to get people to let us know that they're out there. I'm to, sorry, are you on a porch right now of some ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> to, to shine, I got friends. Yeah, to, to reflect the mirrors light back at us and let us know they're out there, and don't you know it? Someone finally did. Someone wow. finally went to iTunes and rated and reviewed our podcast. Uh, oh, and yeah. that person rated it one star. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that person, uh, shout out to iTunes handle, Noah Jamps. Not jumps, J-A-M-P-S. Noah Jamps. And title of that review is, Great Podcast to Rewatch With. And the review itself is, Rewatch the Old Movies, and these guys do such a great job of humorously breaking down all the action. That's very so nice. What a great yeah. review. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noah. Not Watch bad for our first written review. Thank you, Noah Jansen. You are in the running for one of those uh, Elven shirts from one of those Middle Earth shirts at the end of this season, which, by the way, <clears throat> we are halfway through. Wow. Halfway through. No, that's not right. Almost halfway through. This is the fourth episode. Right? But isn't it going to be eight episodes? episodes? Oh, eight episodes. Eight episodes, five seasons. Okay. Uh, Eight episodes in this this season. Uh, If one of you wants to fact check me uh, on that, but I'm pretty sure. I know that's my job. I just don't feel like it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it but is. But thank you, Noah. Thanks, Noah Jamps. Yeah, super right, nice. So some some might call you Noah Champs. Hey, and that person is us. Yes, and the fellowship I'm listening you. after that. <laughs> As Noah Champs. <laughs> Forget Jam it. Once podcast. Um, all right. So the great wave. I want to hear some first impressions. Hmm. Anyone? Anyone want to go first? I'll I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, go, Stacey, go for it. <laughs> I really liked this episode okay. and I'm, and I'm, I, I don't know if it's because it's for the first time I watched it during the middle of the day <laughs> when I was kind of at my most awake, I had a nice lunch. I yeah. sat, it was sunny out. I sat down and I watched this. I was not falling asleep on the couch at night and I Wait, had so a nice time. So you think time. that being able to pay attention yeah. to what's going on yeah. enhanced your ability to enjoy the show? Yeah. Don't answer it, Stacey. Okay. It's a trap. I think I think I think sleepiness affects every single part of my life. And yeah, this I'm... is a this is a recurring theme on uh, a podcast that Stacey and I another podcast that Stacey and I do together that's yet unreleased. Uh, but another we watch movies on it. And the in the last ten minutes of every movie we watch, she absolutely hates. <laughs> at least usually, <laughs> it's usually at like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm not at my it's, I'm not at my best. Um, but I just, I also think I went into this episode a little bit more like, okay, like this show, like kind of how you were saying, Mike, like the show is what it is. I'm not going to be able to fix the lighting and some of this technical stuff. I'm kind of getting into the story and I want to see where this goes. And I thought that this episode in particular did a really nice job of letting us live in Numenor, which we had complained about before of, you know, meeting, seeing these places and not really getting to explore them. We really got to explore Numenor and I really appreciated that. And we're sticking with some characters and their stories and kind of starting to care more about people. And I think it was just overall, like a couple different things blending together and it made a nice episode for me. I liked this one. Yeah. I'm going to hop in um, because I, uh, I agree with Stacy. Um, I think this was the episode I have enjoyed the most so far. Um, and m- also like Stacy, I went into this trying to be as positive and supportive as possible. <laughs> um, but 
even with that said, I thought that this episode, we finally have some, I think, much needed movement in this uh, season so far. Um, I loved some of the characters that we met in this episode. Um, I think this episode for the first time, I was like, I like jumped a couple times. I do think that that moment with Theo in the orcs was really well done. So yeah, I, I, I overall enjoyed this one. There were a few moments I found particularly cringy, but overall initial thoughts, I enjoyed it. Sure. 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 Matt. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I'm coming. Uh, I, I, I was giving this the same kind of go as the, as Stacey and Kelly. I was like, all right, let me, Oh man, let me focus on the positive. I, you know, I don't like to be, four episodes. I don't like to be Mr. <laughs> Negative Nancy. I don't want to be just like ragging on stuff. You know, it's it's no fun. So I was looking for the good, and uh, you know, I came out pretty lukewarm on this one too. It just, uh, I, I won't say that it particularly impressed me. Although by the end, I was like, okay, we're we're gonna get to Middle Earth. I'm like kind of excited. Like, let's go. Um, I don't find I found a couple of plot lines kind of tedious and boring kind of like filler and like we're just buying time and and uh um but there there was some there was some decent stuff too but uh overall just yeah kind of in line with the other episodes for me but i'll try to you know shut my mouth about the stuff that i can't change <laughs> just bit, like, like i can't change the light i've gone on and on about the lighting the way it looks the cg i'm, I'm putting that stuff behind me now I'll talk, uh, you know, I'll, I'll focus on the, the stuff that's more, uh, you know, that stuff still stands, but we'll talk story and character maybe more. Yeah. Uh, I, as I said, like we talked about this in our, in our Slack, uh, all of those are still valid criticisms. I mean, they, they pumped a billion dollars into this show. Yeah. Uh, so you have every right to talk about what doesn't seem like a billion dollars, you know? <laughs> uh, so I think that's, I think that's fine, but I do appreciate the efforts to be a little bit more, uh, positive. Um, one quick thing I would say, uh, apologies to the listeners. Uh, right now I am sucking down cough drop after cough drop. So if you hear that, uh, casual as if I don't give a shit about what I'm talking about, <laughs> okay, cha -cha. uh, that's not the case. Uh, it's just, it's keeping me from a coughing fit because COVID got me again, got me again. Uh, so yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss out. Uh, so as far as my first impression of this episode, I'm going to say, it's like, I, I hated it. This is bullshit. Honest, honestly, not my favorite episode. Um, it, it wasn't. Um, I There was definitely a lot of things oh, that I man. really enjoyed. But if I were to use a quote from our trilogy, uh, the greatest trilogy of all time, Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, uh, I would say that it was like, if you know what? It felt thin, uh, stretched, like butter yeah. scraped over too much toast. So... Um, it it really felt fillery in yeah. um in many ways to me. Yeah. I'm uh, curious to get into it more to see what <laughs> Stacy and Kelly really enjoyed about it. Um yeah. Uh so I'll leave my first impressions at that so we can keep uh keep the train moving here. Uh, so let's start with the dwarves and the elves. How you feeling? I still like Disa. I'm still like I, I and I like Disa and Durin. Uh, I'm they're they're the most fun to me like Dur durin's uh, i'm always happy when durin's on screen sure you know? yeah yeah uh, um, i thought it was a little odd that we made such a big deal out of well first of all the 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 whole myth me thrill conversation yeah. the way they came no it's me three again just leaning real hard into like yeah. you really like lord of the rings right well, yeah where we find Mithril. You really like yeah. Han Solo, right? Here's where he gets his last name. It's like, I don't, that's not what it's <laughs> interesting to me about this. Yeah, I, I, it, it was fine. Um, okay. But I also would have been okay if they were just like, uh, we call it Mithril. <laughs> yeah, that's fine Okay, I really liked it, guys. I, think I maybe, liked it too. I think maybe I, I was who I they were pandering it for, but I've, I love finding where it came from and how... I you know you always kind of wonder he like for Bilbo and Frodo have this thing if it's this great why doesn't why don't more people have it why don't we see it more often now we're finding out a little bit more about it and you know what there are translation errors everywhere guys I like as an English major <laughs> I appreciate a little like oh no a little nuance there um 
I thought that was just kind of a cool scene. Really it was, it was fun. I think the dialogue. Yes, I was an I I was an English major. Yes. Um. <laughs> I think the dialogue could have been a little bit more, a little less pandery, uh, yeah. and just more surface, like giving the information rather than spoon feeding it to you. I I still enjoyed it. You know, I'm all on board for any Easter egg shit, any historical context, what the w- words mean, all that stuff. I just think this particular moment could have been better. The well, it just made, it led me to believe that there's probably going to be some more mithril, mithril stuff coming oh, yeah, forward. Sure. And so, like, if um, they're putting, I think you have to give it a moment if it's going to be important later. No, yeah. I'm not talking about the moment itself not being important, just the way that they framed the discovery of it itself, uh, the naming of it is yeah. really my, my nitpick. I'm with you. I simultaneously rolled my eyes at the way it was revealed, but then I also excitedly tapped my wife Nicole. I was like, that's for his vest. That's for his vest that he wears. Well, and I think that, I'm sorry. Embrace that child in you, Matt. Embrace (laughs) that part of you. (laughs) Yeah, I thought um, because the theatrical versions of the Peter Jackson trilogy doesn't really go into Mithril too much, I did think it was cool. And I did think Mm -hmm. that that moment shined a light of how rare um, this gem was for a race like dwarves who like mine the earth. I thought it it did a good job showing the weight and the importance of Mithril. Mithril, yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's very, very dangerous. And the reason Elrond goes there and kind of uh, discovers this is because Celebrimbor believes that there's, they both feel that like he's not being entirely, Durin's not being entirely honest, that he's hiding something, whatever's going on, even though there's other dwarves seemingly hard at work building his forge. <clears throat> but he goes there, he takes the red eye to uh, Khazadun, and uh, after Disa kind of lies to him pretty well, uh, throws him off the scent, he uses his, he uses some magic, he uses some elven, elven ears, elven sight uh, to kind of get what they're uh, talking about and goes, <clears throat> finds finds out what's going on. Uh, and there's also a cave-in or a landslide, whatever was going on in there, which ultimately nothing happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, I, it was, you know, we had that slow, <clears throat> all that slow motion, Disa and the other dwarf uh, singing yeah. a vocal, beautiful, and then Doran comes up and was like, hey, everybody's good. <laughs> Okay, so that that moment did confuse me because it definitely seemed like they were having a funeral of some sort. But then why would you be doing, was that just like prayers? No, that was, no, remember before, Deesa's whole job is to sing to the rocks and find out where cracks lie and where it's good to mine and where it's good to ore and and what's soft rock and hard rock and that's like her whole job and I always kind of wondered what they meant by that and now we get a chance to see it like she's singing to the rock yeah. and Elrond looks and the rock starts to crack it's almost like please open up and let these miners out and it's like the dwarven way of talking to the rock and so I actually really liked that scene okay, yeah. my problem with that scene is I didn't think it worked well as background vocal for the slow-mo fight in the woods which if that had had like some heavy drums and like wasn't in slow-mo that would have been such a cool scene but because it was set to like this church music i was like i'm not so into this that was my so much slow-mo which we'll get to but it was just too much slow-mo for that fight scene i liked it oh my god he caught caught an arrow and we had to watch it in slow-mo no don't do that way more exciting in in regular speech (laughs) yeah there's there's already too much slow-mo in this season um but But I'm confused of like what happened to the dwarves who were in the situation because it was orc. It was like an orc situation, right? No, I think it was just they were. It was rocks and things that were moving. It was uh, like a mining. They were mining. What about that gray, silvery goo that bled under the rock? So I think that was her. Like she opened the rock and stuff kind of like came out. Like she, that her voice was like speaking to the rocks and they were responding to it. And that's what Elrond saw. I watched this a couple of days ago. So pardon me not remembering this, but I thought that someone said orcs pumped them full of goo and then, but like they survived, but maybe I completely, maybe I fell asleep. I don't think orcs were a part of this. I definitely, my favorite line of the episode was when uh, the orc was like, pump me full of goo. (laughs) Pump it in there. Pump it up. (laughs) But no no one here, okay, but everyone else here thinks that it was just a cave-in. Yeah. 
I think. Okay. And that's uh, why he said it's like yeah. perilous because I think of the way they have to get it, where they have to get it. The rocks aren't I, yeah. safe I, and that causes it, it was weird. It was a weird like, oh, here's an exciting thing that's happening. Oh my gosh, these dwarves are going to die. Doran's going to go save them and be a hero. And then we just don't see any of that. And then everybody's fine. Like it was. Yeah, I, okay. I looking back, that's issue... a little, a, it was unnecessarily a, a convoluted. Yes. yes. I would I have liked. The issue is, is that um, what Stacy's describing didn't fully come through. Yeah. Well, what probably should have happened is they probably should have killed a dwarf or two. But I think what they were really <laughs> yeah. leading to was that they're showing that. Dur his name is Durian. I'm never going to get this right. So Durian is a fruit from Southeast Asia. Exactly. That's why I'm so confused. Okay. So <laughs> I think they're just showing how different he is from his father. This episode had a lot of father-son moments. I think this was so kind much. of their way of crafting one where it was like when he's king, things are going to be different. But they needed the dwarves to live so that he didn't look like a, like a heartless guy for wanting to keep mining Mithril. Like, you know, he's like, everyone's fine. We should keep being able to do it. And I'm mad at my father father for deciding no, but I his father was being like overly I think it's just a way of highlighting the difference. I just wish that it like we got to see Durian do some of that action and like, <laughs> trying to like save like some of those dwarves cross cut with uh Disa singing, and then that connection may have been more clear if we see like rocks moving or whatever, or like you know, somehow she's helping him save them yeah but and, and a lot of show but don't the, but the dwarves... ultimately his dad wasn't even mad at him for it either so it was just like this completely yeah. like this thread that just went absolutely nowhere i think it only was a thread that went nowhere because the only point was to show the fight with his father i don't think we needed to see him save the dwarves because they're not important none of that's really important i we think if we had really watched like with his father though right like he just like we saw the aftermath Elrond, and then like when he went and saw his dad they his dad was like there's nothing to forgive we're cool go to go to the elf land go to Wrong, right? Yeah, so. it was a nice little father-son moment that we saw, and I think that's the only point of that whole fight. Anyway, I, I think if we had seen like a couple minutes of him trying to save dwarves, we all would have been like, "Why did we watch that? They all lived." Yeah, like what was I the have point? Three, of that? three quick points on on this before we move on. Uh, it's Durin, D-U-R-I-N. Uh, they're both <laughs> Durin. His father and him are Doran. Doran Sr. and Doran Jr. Fourth and third. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the other thing is they that it illustrates the elves do not trust the dwarves, and the dwarves are not trusting the elves. Uh, he's going there um, to kind of keep an eye on, on things. Like, should I go? Yeah. Yeah, I should go. Son, you should go. We don't trust those motherfuckers. Uh, and the third thing is I could be wrong. Uh, but it seemed like there was a bit of a roar in that cave collapse, in that mind a collapse. A roar? Sounded like a roar. They didn't I'm talk about it. But they said it was, was orcs pumping people full of goo. <laughs> Kelly right, accidentally got a sneak peek of the next episode, <laughs> which is what she's talking about. I don't even know yeah. where that came from. I'm well, hoping I mean, it's, it's a different kind of roar. It's got to happen at some point because the Balrog that kills... Baby. Or that that takes over Gandalf is called Doran's Bane, so mm. it's got to be one of those Dorans one gonna bite it within this within this series thanks to um, that yeah. Balrog that's sleepy. Yeah, and the, the line is they dug too greedily and too deep. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean that would be a good explanation for how they awoke him was through Mithril because it was supposed to like change their lives and everything. Mm -hmm. I am so. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say to Stacey's point about why would we, what we would be like, why did we just watch these dwarves like Durin say these dwarves? I thought it was just an opportunity to showcase Durin's skills and abilities and more of Durin himself because I just find him to be interesting. So I would like yeah. to. Yeah. And Matt, you know, I would have loved that. You know, I'm like all in on the dwarves. I don't know why. I like them so much. Yeah. They're great. They're great. They're very likable people. Well, I think more than <laughs> showcase Durin's strength, it would have been clear for the audience what happened i think yeah. it would have been just yeah. like a part of the story that wouldn't have left me thinking what i what i thought um i oh yeah i am so excited for a potential balrog and not to bring back um chihuahua warg but i am terrified <laughs> to see 
the Balrog because I'm like, oh God, what are they going to do to it? They're going to give it human eyes. (laughs) 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 If it looks different, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going, I I will be so upset. But if there's a Balrog baby, I might be okay. You're going to be okay if there's a baby Balrog? I swear uh, to God, yes. if there's a baby Balrog, I'm out. I'm going to say. Oh, I'm so uh, in. This I'm will so instantly in. go to my favorite show on television. Yeah. If, there's if there a is a, are you kidding uh, me? I like can see it right now and it's like so cute. I want a plush baby Balrog for Christmas. Exactly. Uh, I already yes. want that merch. <laughs> hey, real quick, yeah. guys. We talked before in some of the movies about how we were worried about CGI use in this show. And if they were really going to try to like, if they remade him today, what would be CGI and like what the show was going to be like, they've done a pretty good job so far of keeping things like the orcs, for example, non CGI. And that like, I feel like that was a really cool. That's really cool. Cause the orcs look yeah. great. And I don't think they're mm-hmm. CGI at all. Yeah. That does. I like the orc. The orcs look cool. I mean, as yeah. dry as they are, you know, I like more orcs wet. Everybody there's no for a wet orc. These orcs, they look cool. They look, they have the bones and stuff. They look like evil dead. They shouldn't be this dry considering how little sun they're never in the sun. Yeah, they should get they should be wet and mossy orcs, but they should just be consistently moist. Damn is a good transition into Arendir situation. So you can keep talking about wet or dry orcs. All you want now. (laughs) Yes. So the 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 fight scene again, yeah, too much slow-mo, right? Like speed it up. Uh, just doesn't not not earning it. You gotta earn it's, the slow mo moments. And- it's why he feels so boring. I genuinely think because he does everything in slow mo and it, he has no lines. There's just nothing exciting about Boren, dear. I think he Boren. But do you know who is exciting? And this was maybe the main reason I enjoyed this episode so much was meeting Adar. I think Adar um, is the well, most compelling. Adar. I think Orc Daddy is the most interesting. (laughs) Lord Father. Father Lord Lord Father Orc Daddy. (laughs) The most exciting character we've met so far. I thought Mm. his introduction was really well done. I think I'm not familiar with this actor. At least I don't recognize him, but I think he's. Oh, you recognize him. Who is it? Nobody else recognizes this guy? No. I don't know what he's from, but I do know exactly who he looks like. But I know who he looks like, but it's it's not <clears throat> he wrong. Is it's not right. Benjamin Stark from uh, from Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, he appeared in the first season, and then we don't see him for a long time until he comes back in like season six or so. So that is uh, Benjamin Stark, uh, and yeah, his <clears throat> introduction oh, so was very good. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, uh, and he's from the same land. This now extinct land sunken land um that arendir is <clears throat> excuse me is from oh, okay okay uh, so in my mind headcanon benjamin stark disappeared in the north in the wild got <laughs> on a boat somewhere headed across the sea and is now adar Stacey's all one world yeah uh he looks like lee pace and david thulis had a baby together <laughs> yeah yeah i can see that but well, I'm I'm excited uh, about him. Uh, yeah, I I actually I kind of forgot about him um, uh, in our discussion here. But yeah, I, th- I think Adar was pretty cool. I, I was like intrigued by him. It was a good performance when he like stabbed the the orc. There was like menace, but mercy. also some mercy and like um, it was so tender and then so mm-hmm. dark at the same time. It was. I mean, I could... thought it was. This was maybe Adar and that orc that was dying was maybe the most intimate relationship we've seen on screen so far in this show. Yeah. Um, and it was very compelling. I was like, I'm down with Adar. I'm down with Orc Daddy. Orc Daddy. <laughs> Hashtag Orc Daddy. <laughs> yeah. I like him. I like Adar. I'm excited to I see like more I like of him. His, uh, lead singer from AFI kind of look that he <laughs> yeah. has. Um, yeah. I'm into his 2004 emo uh yeah. Hair, so cool. yeah for so, sure i still think that he is more of a minion and not you know just another name for sauron how y'all feel about what his part thinks excuse me well, he seems like a he seems like a lieutenant or like somebody that was high up in the ranks right but but he's he's saying like i'm not a god yet so he seems like mm-hmm. he's making a play to be something yeah, he's got ambitions bigger. Yeah. I don't think he's Sauron. I don't think we've met Sauron yet. 
I don't think Sauron, Sauron would be doing this yeah, work. Exactly. Like, I, I don't think he cares about orcs, right? Yeah. They're just his mindless soldiers. So that just wouldn't make sense to me. Like he has much bigger plans. He can't like tend to this family of dry orcs. I can't be getting in myself involved <laughs> in orc squabbles. Yeah, he's either like hidden I... somewhere, like masterminding stuff, taking on big picture stuff, and he looks creepy, or he's, he's like, like some plant here. Yeah, like, or he's kind of like man. out and about, like going about like day by day. You know what I mean? He's either like a regular Joe, like in disguise, or I think he's like in a cave. That's my guess. <laughs> mm. He's either out there doing everything <laughs> or he's hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we're going to find out what kind of man he really is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a man at all. Uh, okay, so the other Aaron Deer stuff is that he gets let go, <clears throat> and he's let go by Adar with a message. You know, the message, whenever a bad guy lets the person go, the message is always the same. Mm-hmm. It's always, we're coming for you. I'm <laughs> a coming. The, yeah, that's, he said, we're all dead. Like, it's never, you know. Surrender or die. Yeah. <laughs> What these bad guys really need to do is because they let they let go one of these their best warriors, one of their best fighters with this message, and that's going to hurt him. What he should have done is he should have chopped off one of his hands, <laughs> and then he wouldn't be such a good fighter. But so you didn't have to kill a him. Dark look. Yeah. yeah, or just send like an orc with a sign in the middle of the night and just like plant it outside the castle. There's your yeah. eyes uh, like <laughs> or just grab a boom box, throw on a trench coat and some sneakers. And get now their attention. An orc yeah. doing like the uh, the Rick Grimes love actually thing yeah. <laughs> outside of that watchtower. But to us, you will die. They had Southland scouts. I'm just an orc standing in front of the old watchtower telling y'all you're gonna die. <laughs> like, you Either know. join or die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on his way back, he apparently runs and, and saves saves Theo, but the Theo stuff will lead up to to that moment. How are you feeling about Theo? I tell you what, I'm just gonna say this up top. I don't like uh I don't like I don't like watching kids and teens. I don't like kids and teens. <laughs> I don't like it either. Lines. I I'm here for adults and there's too many kids and teens plot lines in this show for me. And that that's applicable across any show, honestly. I'm <laughs> exhausted by whatever teenager is mad at their dad for not letting them do whatever they want or has big dreams or hopes and can't. i find it exhausting so and you did not that. like stranger <laughs> things at all then no i do love no okay no all right that's different i guess oh my god <laughs> I love, uh, no i do um, love kids getting together when adults aren't like buying into shit and like kids like e.t isn't that your favorite movie yeah it's my favorite movie yeah yeah um, You're such a man of multitudes, Matt. I can't yeah. multitudes, but when we're in, like in this adult Lord of the Rings world, and then I have to deal with like uh, Theo and a sealed door being. Do you like, not like Nori? Nori gets a kind of a pass because she's like a proto Hobbit, and so like she's kind of filling the Frodo role while also being a kid. But like Theo and you I, think is how old do you think a sealed door is? Like Twenty. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's a kid. He's acting like a little baby. He's like, I'm like, <laughs> you're like a little bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I didn't dislike the Theo stuff as much as Matt. I'm actually really intrigued by like who this kid is, what his deal is. Is he going to fight for the dark side? Does he have dark blood in him? I'm like kind of fascinated by Theo. I'm trying to figure out if just, he has a mustache or if it's a shadow. I can't. Uh, <laughs> his Matt, hair is not good. I find it interesting that through the discourse of this show, in the real world, you have people that are like people of color on the show. Gross! There, are, there are women dwarves too, and you're like, oh, kids and teens. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's such a it's such a thing now in TV. Like these big shows all have to have like they have to get the kids and teens to watch it. So there has to be like them in there with plot lines that are relatable to them. And I'm just like, Lord of the Rings doesn't have that. It's just all adults in the trilogy. and They're all sure, 50. All the hobbits are 50, 60, <laughs> 70 years old. Senior citizens across the board. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with... So I'm fine with Theo's age, and I agree with Stacey. I actually yeah, really same. liked this Theo storyline, mm-hmm. but I do generally dislike kids in movies and shows. But I'm I think under like... 
Six, like 16 and above I'm fine I just think they're too when you have kid actors I feel like they try to make them too cute and it drives me insane it doesn't yeah. work on me I'm not that kind of person to think kids are cute and so I'm immediately just distracted by that but I don't think that's what's happening with Theo no or, one's or, trying to make Theo cute I'm gonna tell you that and right I now. love that <laughs> I love that. I think that's what works He's like for a me. grimy little street cutted yeah. little Fred Armisen. <laughs> yeah. Trying to yeah. grow a mustache. I I'm here for Theo. I am. I do. I think there are stakes with Theo, huge stakes. He has yeah. Sauron's sword, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's more of a it seems. Tell somebody, I don't understand like why because, he's not, because he feel, stole it. It was and because it seems to have like a power like, over him. It's crazy. It's a crazy magical thing. You're dumb and though your world's falling apart. Tell your mom at least. You're oh, yeah. acting like you've never been 16 before. He hasn't. I wow. haven't, and I haven't found the Born a grown Sauron sword when I was 16 yeah. either. So I guess I can't talk until that is. Yeah. So why don't you have some compassion and some empathy for other people, Matt? I he's think going it makes, through a lot. It makes sense why he's not telling anyone because it's gonna be like taken away from him. And yeah. he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna give it up. That's his precious. It's his precious. And he feels like obviously safe enough with it that he can, his mom's not letting him do anything. He's the only reason he's going to this guy's food cellar is because he has this strong weapon. If it gets taken away, he's going to be locked in that castle with everyone else being a nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, I liked it. And I thought um, him, his whole, the whole sequence with the orcs when he's like, um, his friend abandons or yeah. Rowan abandons him. And then he sure is like stuck at this camp and then he's hiding in the well. And then I'm just like, oh God, you've been in that water for hours. That shit's probably freezing. I hope you don't he's get hypothermia. So yeah. I, and, and you know what? You know, Rowan, Poppy would never. Oh, are you kidding Poppy me? Poppy would never. Even if Poppy didn't want to, she'd do it. To do it. Hence, we've seen it multiple yeah. times already. Um, so. But yeah, him escaping that place um, and Arondir coming to his rescue, I thought was really well done. I wasn't expecting Arondir to be there. I thought that that was a really good reveal. Um, and then we get to the slow-mo running through the woods, which was like cool stunts, but I'm like, why slow-mo? It immediately, it immediately screams, how cool is this? Which yeah. immediately makes it uncool. It makes me not want to look at it. And then I yeah. see him catch an arrow and I'm like, why didn't we just, every single cool thing Legolas did that we loved. Remember at those end scenes of like fellowship? when he was doing cool stuff with his arrows and stuff that was all done regular speed Megan for a wide. Give me a wide of him just shooting bows. Yes. And arrows and yes, stuff. Matt. Like that scene just reminded me of that because it's like one man, like fending off orcs yeah. for people running. And I'm like, just have it mirror that a little bit more, but it was so it reminded- blue. Everything was blue. Mike, are you about to say it reminded you of Norseman? No, oh, okay. no. Okay. Um, I was going to say it reminded me of uh, return of the King and the retaking the, the fall of Asgiliath as Pippin is uh, singing. Sure. Because uh, there's some slow-mo f- action fighting there, but there's also a lot of, plenty of full motion. Yeah. In Norseman, the, the coolest part of that That's movie motion. was like at the beginning when yeah. someone throws a spear and yeah. he real time catches it and throws it back. Literally the coolest moment in the movie. And it was so, so cool. It's like, put that shit in real time. And that would have been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Also, it's really hard for me when an enemy just like can't be in the sun. Like it just makes it such like just it's go such a do, lame. Just go thing. do this expedition at noon. Yeah. Why are we even trying to do it at nighttime? I just don't understand. It seems yeah, like really such an easy, an easy um, what's it called? Like uh, out, like Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. Like, oh, the sun's here. We yeah, win. just a very convenient thing that they can't do for the good guys. Yeah, there's a better word. I can't think of it um, though. No, I I have a one or two more thoughts on Theo. Apart from him just being a teen. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate kids. Uh, I didn't like that he. Uh, I know he'd been in the well for a long time, and he got he was so pretty and probably so cold. Although he wasn't shivering. Uh, he probably really had to go to the he, bathroom. They, they deliberately went in the day oh, because right. of the sunlight factor, and they're like, "There's going to be so many out at night." And then he decides to escape at night when he was already well hidden, and they they weren't finding him. So I thought, why not just wait till daytime again? 
um, which apparently was only an hour or so away because uh, <laughs> that comes out moments later. Uh, and then I didn't like his escape from the town because he's like, he's not even out of the town and he kind of like looks over his shoulder, like past the camera and he like gives like a smile, like, heh, I've made it. And it's like, dude, there's like houses in front of you. Like you have not made it. And it was just so obvious that as soon as he was going to go past the corner of the house that he was going to get grabbed. And then another last minute save of somebody shooting the the, the person that's going to save them um, or that's going to kill them um, right at the last moment. So it just felt like, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't typically yeah. love those either, Matt, where someone like, you know, you hear the sword and you're like, that person got stabbed, and then it's the person who stabbed the person doing the stabbing. Like that happens in everything. You kind of get desensitized to it. I don't love it. But in this sense, I was like, okay, at least Theo's not gonna be chopped up on screen because that would be a dark, dark. Yeah. Dark. I feel like the house thing, it's like that's just a classic like horror movie trope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just always gonna I'm be a thing yeah. to do. Yeah. And then I think. Yeah, the stabbing that happens like uh Every quite often. Time. It doesn't, it's not a move that bothers me that much either. I just think it's they've already of, yeah. I can't think of it, but I, when it happened, I was like, didn't we already do this like twice? It was when um, um it was when Gimli was on his back and the war rider was on top of him. And then you know, you get the spear and the guy dies on top of him. Remember that we talked yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was oh. just trying to think of examples from within rings of power um of oh. that already happened, but happens with Sam and Frodo and Return of the King. <laughs> Uh, so the orcs find this Morgul blade, uh, or they discover that he has the Morgul blade, and there's the the whole deal with that. Um, and they know now that he has it, uh, so they tell Adar that um, he's got it. So it looks like we're setting up a big conflict for hopefully the next episode. Yeah, like especially with the whole townspeople thing, like these the politics of that are going to get really interesting. This is already a town that has worked with Morgoth before. They're coming back, and there are people in the town, as we see, who want to fight for the dark side. Yes. And where's Theo going to be? We know where mom and fake dad are going to be, but like <laughs> it's, I think that's going to get interesting of like how the people in this town react. Yeah, the old man Waldreg, I think the, the name is. I'm looking at IMDb. Yeah, Waldreg. Um, Waldreg, old man Waldreg and his Margot blade. Um, he apparently was also, he was a, he was one of the people that has been keeping this blade alive for so long because uh, you see the scars on his, his arm and he knows all about the blade and says that the comet is a sign that uh, Sauron is, is, has returned or is returning. Is coming soon. Yeah, come, to be continued, yeah. I liked him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? Wald- Waldrig. Wald Waldrig. He um, looks like that old drunk guy at like a dive bar, like talking I, about the past. I thought he was great. <laughs> I think we need more characters like that. Um, more characters that are literally going to like grab you by the collar and like pull you in. I think that's what that show is like. Part of what it's like desperately missing. Um, Cause everything is so like at a distance and like light and fluffy. And it's like, no, like get like gritty and, and gross and dirty. We haven't met a ton of extra characters besides the mains who right. have like an actual presence. So this will be, it's nice to have someone like that. Mm-hmm. Expanding things a bit. Uh, so yeah. for now, let's move over to Numenor. Oh. Uh, Numenor. There's a little bit going on with uh, Aarian. A- and she's got a gentleman caller, it seems. Oh my God, she is such a babe. Um, but this gentleman she's caller, whatever, Ke- Kevin, Kevin, is that his name? Kevin. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call Kevin. him Kev. Kevin. Because um, I genuinely it's like Yemen, but with a K. Genuinely yes. thought his name was Kevin when he said it. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with this guy. I don't know what it is about him. I'm she's obsessed dork. with him. He is so confident for someone who probably doesn't need that much confidence or shouldn't have that much confidence. He thinks he's so smooth. He's dropping lines on this woman and she's falling for it, guys. Like she's getting, <laughs> she's kind of down with the Kev. Got the I'm papers. like, I'm so, every single one of their scenes together, I was like, you guys are stealing the show right now. I'm loving this. And he is the son <laughs> of Fayarazan, right? Yeah, the Matt, guy with like the I'm white called, streaks. Yeah. yeah, I'm calling this as gentleman. the biggest, uh, this is the biggest example of how when you watch a show or movie affects how you feel about it. Except when you watch <laughs> these scenes at 10 o'clock at night, you would have been like, 
who the fuck is this guy? This guy fucking stinks. He's got no charisma. I totally, totally agree, Matt. I told, I'm not disagreeing with you. I was so not sleepy when I watched this show. And I'm like, this stuff, why did, who wrote these lines? I'm just it, Kevin. Yeah. Um, Especially because it's the first time we see him, his dad is making fun of him. He's like, I'm just trying to be clever. And then we see him just trying yeah. all his new material yeah. with this young woman. And you're like, there's a very Kenneth oh, or Faramir vibe to this relationship within this episode. I mean, who knows if it continues or if it's ever been like that before, but it does seem like he is someone who's striving to impress his dad and his dad's just like not having it. Yeah. I wasn't, I don't think he was mean. He was mean, just dismissive. Yeah. But Denethor was like absolutely cool. Abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I didn't say it was spot on. Denethor sympathizer. There's some, there's there's some vibes. Let's see how it progresses. God. Before we tell me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Look, Mike. And in the meantime, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think what's her name? Arian. 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 I think she is so boring. I could care less about her and her guild school. And I think that this this rom com esque vibe between her and Kevin is like I honestly could completely do without it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree, so I'm not being too... Uh, yeah. I, I, I've leaned into being negative this episode, I guess, because everybody else has been so positive, so I'm like, I, I guess I'm just going to count play that part. Um, <laughs> but, Look, yeah, I'm not going to... I am not going to tell you that you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you that I kind of liked it. There's plot lines in Game of Thrones that I could have done without, you know? it's uh, As long as the show's more than some of its parts by the end of it, then cool. But yeah, this plot I didn't line, agree. I didn't feel a way about... Oh, that's the worst kind of way. Like it just kind of happened to you. Yeah. 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 Apathy. I didn't didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I'd rather hate something. Question its existence. I don't even really know what's going on in it. Like, (laughs) I think it. I think stuff's gonna happen later. I I guess. I felt like this was setting something up. Yeah. You know. Well, it's. It seems like this first season is setting up the later the later seasons <laughs> setting so much, everything yeah, up. It's, yeah. it's just so much table setting i'm enjoying it there's just a lot of table setting i want to move on to Isildur, who put everybody in danger to Isil. let go of that rope and got dismissed and then everybody else does too yeah his, all his buds that was really sad yeah. because he was distracted right they made also- it seem like there was some kind of like siren-esque moment going on i think that moment caused him to deliberately yes slip the rope i don't think he was just i don't think it was an accident i think it convinced him to just let the rope go because my dad's not going to let me defer i hear this call i want to follow it let the rope go i'll get fired and he kind of admits to as much later when Mm -hmm. he's talking to aryan i guess yeah i don't that was a disconnect for me i didn't get that it looked that's- like distraction. That's probably why he had that conversation later, being like, I I thought if I made the mistake, they would just fire me and not my friends. Which, yeah, he lets why everybody... did they fire his friends? That's what I can't. Just because like, they're like, assholes. They're assholes. Like sometimes that, you know, that that happens sometimes in these movies. Um, I was watching one breakdown where they mentioned Harry Potter, uh, one of the dark arts teachers, Umbridge, does that with uh, people all the time. Um, you know, get let's clear out all the all the riffraff all at once. Yeah, maybe because they tried to kind of cover for him. Like initially, they were like, "Oh, it's our fault. It's our fault." You know, and he yeah. knew everyone knew it was his fault. Yeah, um, they have uh, it out in the alleyway a little bit, and then they end up joining the uh, what I assume is supposed to be the great new uh, Numenorian army, which is just a bunch of people from the crowd. <laughs> That's one thing I didn't really love about this is that okay. um, I want to cool. see what this ends up being, but it's really just like, oh, fight for you. <laughs> you know? When oh, you go sir. back and rewatch this, because I know you will, Mike, just pay close attention to every single one of these extras because oh, they, are, they are giving it so much, especially in the scene where that one guy is like, this queen's an elf lover. And they're like, uh, do you want the elves to take your jobs? And the men are like, no. And one guy's just looking at the left right going, no, no. No, <laughs> they're like they're like he's like this is like a role of a lifetime for these guys, and they're giving it everything, and it's so delightful to watch. That's great. I I was distracted by the extras. Yeah, I was like, it's oh, what are they? Extremely distracting. Yeah. What are they doing? 
I didn't notice. I'll have to go back and definitely rewatch. Watch it. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so- I guess that's what I'm kind of, I guess I'm shocked by that as well. Like, I feel like when we went to Rivendell, for example, you get an, you understand kind of the soldier aspect or you you get a sense of like their military almost right <clears throat> whereas like we go to Numenor and I'm like are these people good fighters like I don't are they wh- what is their skill like it seems like they're maritime they're like yeah. maritime folks yeah they're they're builders like yeah, the so people. I guess they don't have so they don't have an army is the that's what it seems like which also seems weird for Numenor for Numenor to not have an army to not have yeah, a standing navy of some kind. It would be really cool to see like a lot of Numenorians in like full naval garb, <clears throat> like kind of how we saw on the ship when Galadriel came aboard, except those suits of armor looked very plastic. I don't think we talked about it, but like it would be really cool to see like a strong Numenor- Numenorian army. And then like also I get like the moment they were looking for with like all the hand raises, like we're convinced we weren't convinced before we'll fight the tie, the attitude of the island nation is turning and I get what the moment was about, but it would have been really cool to see like what they can do because yeah, you're right. I don't know that these guys are going to be good because fighters. We Galadriel literally just schools like five of an elite guard looking people and just like immediately crams them into a cell. Uh, and I was like, aren't, shouldn't those guys be like at least competition a little bit for Galadriel? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, or it like could very well be that they are just uh, have been at peace for so long that you know they've stopped with the the armies they don't feel a need until Gladriel comes and you know starts yeah getting them be. getting them back up. I'm sorry, Kelly. Oh no, no, no! I was just gonna say like it's just such a cool opportunity because if you have if they are like mariners, um, how cool it would be to like infuse their life and culture on these ships into their military? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I guess that, that just, that idea of that makes me excited, uh, but it doesn't exist, so. Yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, even Ezekiel Switzerland has like a standing army. I think Numenor should have something. <laughs> exactly. like, if Switzerland has it, like, yeah. I don't care how peaceful you are. Yeah, yeah. you uh, should be but protected. But we see Isildur and all of those people. So they're clearly... Um, seafaring folk. Yeah. Um, maybe they... there's a bunch more of them, uh, but I think they're more explorers than they yeah. are s- soldiers and sailors. Yeah, because I think they just go back and forth to Middle Earth. I think something along those lines. Yeah, that's what it seems like for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get so... a montage. Haven't gotten a montage yet. Maybe we'll get a training <laughs> yeah. montage. Oh. I love a training oh. montage. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's so, get I want to build up this point. Uh, we, we've talked about the the end of this. So just to build up how we, we get there is Caladriel goes to the queen and says, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. So this is why we need your help. And this is why I'm here. It's no accident. And the queen's like, I don't think so. I'm going to pass. And uh, she talks about Halbrand and how he's the, the, he's basically Aragorn of this story, how they're building him up to be. But there's also more signs that he's also could very well be that Sauron character. Um, yeah, good, right? And she's also just not impressed that he can, you know, he's this long-lost king and can unite these people, and we have another army that's over in Middle-earth. And she says, okay, yeah, whatever. And then she's sending her off, armed guard, to go back to, to go to Middle-earth. Or I think she's, I can't remember if she's sending her to Middle-earth or sending her back to the elves. In any case, as soon as she, like, st- puts that paddle into the the water like every leaf starts falling from the um from the tree yeah and then her and elendil look at each other like ooh. did Gulp. the voiceover spiel that when the leaves were falling and the significance of that did that happen before and i just didn't remember like did she say those lines before about how the leaves falling means that the valor are like disappointed mm-hmm. in them i think it was galadriel that says it as she's walking okay okay it was either galadriel or the queen yeah they do bring it bring it up okay. um and we also get some plant excuse me plantier uh, some plantier play in this <laughs> no we've been seeing some shaking heads you know what I, okay well i hope you know what i'm gonna feel about this it's absolute bs that <laughs> galadriel had this vision and turned away and the queen didn't say 
I know what it is you saw. <laughs> especially seen it too. Especially considering how many of those moments were in this episode specifically. Yeah. The orc that licked the knife. Oh, I feel like every callback imaginable. And then so the many. one line they literally could have put in and had it made perfect sense. I was know not what used. it is you saw. I know what it, for I have seen it too. Yeah. Or it yeah. is also in my mind. <laughs> um, I think that I I will say to go back to the top, I do like the way this episode started with that impending wave. Really scary. I think that really, was like really well done. Really yeah. scary. I think the music for that was good. That was the first time where I was like, oh, okay, this music is like living up to the intensity of this moment. Um, So I just want to throw that in the word. Great, great wave. I also agree. I love the wave. It like made my stomach turn. I thought it looked looked really cool, really terrifying. I can see why the queen is stressing. And this is just the taste. This is just the taste of it because we know that Numenor does suffer this cataclysmic event. So eventually within these five years, we're probably going to see that depicted within this series in oh, much that, like, more makes graphic me nervous. detail. That makes me I know sick. it makes me upset. <clears throat> Uminor is yeah. going down. Casa Dune's going out. Revel oh. in these places while you can. <laughs> you <down>. devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Southlands becomes Mordor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Terraformed this, more or less. People are screwed. I don't think they're ever going to beat Sauron, guys. I don't know who has the strength to do it. I don't know. Probably that fucking <laughs> little shit. <laughs> Theo, it's probably no, it's still, it's still <laughs> uh, what was going on with Halbrand this episode, other than chilling in prison? Um, oh yeah, he he like gave Gladriel advice. Uh, you know, he was like, "Hey, be uh, you know, find out what their biggest fear is, and then use that to manipulate them." Classic Sauron. You can control them, yeah. Right. Um, find out what their fear is, teach them to master it, and then you can control them. Something like that. I was that, okay yeah. with it. I was like, I guess Gladriel hasn't learned this in her thousands of years of being alive she's not a diplomat she's a warrior you know she's so impatient for being so old she's just so impatient the the line when she said stop comparing me to a horse though i thought that had perfect delivery on it Mm -hmm. that kind of made me laugh out loud i thought galadriel was good and great in this episode i do like her moment of like standing her ground with the queen regent i thought that was very powerful yeah they also did a better job editing that moment this episode than they did the previous episode there was tension in it this time where the tension was missing last time absolutely uh i just i i I want to put it to the group i don't totally understand why she so like she was going to get taken back to middle earth and and be with the elves which is kind of like an aspect of what she wanted um I don't understand why she is so convinced that she needs the Numenorians to align with the elves that she's willing to like get herself thrown in prison to do so when she <laughs> could just go home. Like the elves, like they don't know how big that threat is. And the elves are kind of the shit in battle. So I don't know why she's like, we need the Numenorians too. I yeah. thought it was because she needs Halbrand to unite men because the men are all spread out and they don't have a leader she needs halbrand to be their king come back from exile and it's really only going to be compelling if he has an army if he can get sword and become the man he's supposed to be like to get to the southlands he needs like he needs a full support and he needs to come and be like i am the king look at all these people behind me who are supporting me okay even the elves yeah speaking of taking up that sword we did see narsal in this episode that's uh, Elendil's that sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. do with it? Uh, it was in. It was next to uh, Tar King Tar Palantir uh, when she hops into the tower and the queen's there uh, to talk to. Right before the Palantir scene, uh, it was at his bedside. So we did see Narsal. Wait, who's so Narsal? Narsal's the sword. <laughs> Wait. So then, why does the king have it? He's not Isildur's father. Uh, it will end up with uh, Elendil, apparently. Oh, oh, okay. I th- okay, I didn't know that it was someone. It was someone. So else it was in the bed of Queen Regent's dad. It was next. It was bedside. Bedside. Okay. How did Leaning you know? up against his side it. table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did hey, you know that you that's what know. it was? How did you know that what it, that's what it was? It was? A, there was it a was, neon sign above it. That's <laughs> it was next to pointing down, and he had a wig on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, no, how did I know? Uh, because it looked familiar. And then uh, in the breakdowns, they kind of go over some of that small stuff. Oh, oh Which, it was a breakdown know, moment. A big thing. Oh, yeah. Mike, I'm not reading anything about this. I'm coming in. Oh, I'm not raw. reading anything. Raw and wriggling. He's watching it. Yeah, it's YouTube. What are the Remember that YouTube's days? website I told you all about? YouTube.com? YouTube.com, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, they have a good. whole bunch of videos you can watch on different different things. Uh, Distance learning. On there, I don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so we hit Numenor stuff, Adriel, Queen, Elendio's family, Halbrand, the Queen region stuff, Plantier. We got no Harfoots. We got no Stranger. Got kind of barely, barely any Halbrand. But yeah. I will say, guys, I, re- I really like him. And I think his chemistry with Galadriel is top notch. I'm still in it to win it with those two. I still think it's going to happen. Top notch chem, huh? Yeah. Any- I I it's so much more convincing to me than Bronwyn and Arondir. I just can't. Yeah. I can't even look at them touch. When They're she touched too- him, I was like, you've never met before. Yeah. Well, the most emotion we've seen from Arondir was with the tree. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. about it. The relationship, the relationship I'm rooting for is with Orc Daddy and his <laughs> baby orcs. That's the only relationship I care about right now. Yeah, I'm gonna hear some baby orcs just crying as they're trying to, or Wee. one uh, cradling one. They're gonna do people. You know how shows these days have like one-off episodes that are like tangentially related. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're going to do a full episode of babies of all of these different species. Baby and Matt's going to lose his mind. They do that with anime where they make like spinoffs of anime, but with like little versions of them. Yeah. And they're very successful. Or daddy. And I can't even remember his, his name. Adar. Adar. Adar, the orc daddy. But feel oh, free to call him orc daddy. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I'm with you, Stacey, on Bronwyn and Aaron Deer being just like brother and sister. Uh, I kind of like. I'm kind so of weird. I'm I'm teetering on Halbrin. Sometimes I'm like, this dude seems a little too TV actor for me in the bad way, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't know, this dude's interesting, and he's okay. So we'll see. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So. Oh, we didn't talk about Elrond at all. Do we really need to? Uh, we did a bit. I mean, like what the Kellum. Oh, Kellum Brimbor stuff. Kellum Brimbor is still such a creep. He's so shady. <laughs> but I, I will say I kind of like this version of Elrond more than movie version of Elrond. Okay, that's... <laughs> Blasphemous. <laughs> that's I mean, what? Hugo Weaving, I just... I was yeah. Reading, I was reading uh, Elrond in the show's lines, and in my head I was reading... Because I have, like, subtitles on, keep track of the names and stuff. Hearing in my head I was reading them as Hugo Weaving, <laughs> delivering them. I'm like, yeah. More fun. Look, more fun if you go eating. So. He is way more fun. He is so, you know how I feel about him. He's so yeah. extra. So, oh. so, so extra. Nicole that's said, so- Elrond is so extra this episode. I was like, that's Stacey's whole stance. Yes. I think he's, <laughs> and he's, you know, that he's only going to get more extra, but he just is so friendly. And every time he's on the screen, I feel kind of safe. And so I'm oh, like, oh, he's charming. He's a nice guy in this. And I feel like we need kind of a nice guy. <laughs> I did love when Duran was like, my, he was like, my dad's such an asshole. He's shutting down the mind. I hate him. And then Elrond's like, my dad was so great. The the Valinor <laughs> sacrificed him and brought him across the bounds of this universe. And I was like, where As is he As a star. Going with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they turned him into a star. Elrond stoned. And it's it like Elrond. Like, we all were told that our parents turned into stars when they died. Time to grow up. The light of Arendil, our yeah. brightest star. But then it was really sweet, and I was like, oh, yeah, I do like, I do like Elrond in this show. He's like, he's a very safe presence. He seems yeah, like a I nice mean, guy. I just reminded myself of one other reason why I do like the show is because of the general prequel aspects. You know, the the whole history of things. And uh, if you didn't read the Cimmerillion or the um, unfinished tales um, or any of the other stuff, the non-canon stuff that might be out there to hear those little moments, like even the Mithril, like I was kind of shooting on just a little bit. Um, but the Erendil, the story of um, Erendil and Elos uh, and the founding of Numenor. So all of those little things in there. The only yeah. thing is, I think that a lot of that history is weighing down the storytelling because uh, it's just so much exposition. Still love it. Yeah. But as yeah. far as the story goes, I think it's holding it back just a bit. Right, I want to hit winners and losers. And then we're going to call it a night. Wow. Losers. 
Kelly, who lost? My loser is the Queen Regent. Um, her daddy is sick. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm saying daddy so much in this episode. Daddy talk. Um, her (laughs) father is ill. Um, and she is the queen of a kingdom that is inevitably going to be destroyed. And I can only imagine the stress of that. Yeah. Uh, that's another good point that we didn't really discuss is the factions here. Uh, there's the elf faithful, and then there's the Kingsmen. Uh, and that's one of the things that ultimately it seems brings this kingdom down is that division. Uh, the people that are faithful to the, excuse me, the elves and those that are not. And Farazan seems to be one that is vying for that uh, king spot. Uh, and as is that as the, mer- is the, that the merchant? That's the merchant. He's the guy? he's your rom com dad. Yeah, he's, he's the like one a, with he's like a merchant. Yeah. white streaks in his hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy's got nostrils for days. Swearing those things are crazy. <laughs> he is quite uh, a character. Matt, who lost? Uh. I'm going with uh, my dude who shit his pants, you uh, <laughs> wandering around with, uh, with pantaloons full of diarrhea. Uh, I don't know that we because, talked about that on mic, Matt. Yeah, yeah. well, Stacy, Stacy called it out that he walks like he pooped his pants, and it is true. Go back and watch. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it reminds just me of that Al Roker clip where he's just like. I poop my pants. <laughs> Check it out on youtube.com. You'll see it. He's like, I poop my pants. Stacy, excuse me, Stacy, who lost? Um, the orcs lost who didn't get back the hilt and had to go to daddy and be like, we found it. It's, it's in the watch. It's in the watchtower. We don't actually have it. How embarrassing is that? They finally found it and they lost it to like an 11 year old. Humiliating. Yeah. Um, my loser is Isildur uh, for getting himself, not just himself, uh, banned from the uh, the ships, but his buddies as well. That wasn't part of the plan. He didn't expect that, and he fucked up their lives too because now they're also now they're going to war. So, not cool. Not cool, Isildur. Hopefully, you don't do anything else terrible in your life. Uh, let's do winners, Stacy. Um, you gotta give it to Galadriel on this one. She's the obvious choice because she finally got her army. She got uh, (laughs) what everything she's been asking for for about two and a half episodes now. So, yeah, she got a backing of people. Yeah, what she basically got, it seems, is the you know those movies where some big tough person goes to save a town, uh, or like an old western, a Magnificent Seven type thing where the the townspeople have to like take up. Uh, pitchforks and their old yeah. shotguns and things. That's that's basically what she got right now. She got an angry mob, but like not yeah. so angry. She just kind of got like a lukewarm mob. Yeah, hopefully the next episode opens up with the great Numenorian army that I suspect has to be lying somewhere. It'll um, be cool if it does. Matt, who won? Uh, my winner, he's uh, the orc daddy himself. Uh, Adar. <laughs> for Adar. Being the, Adar. Maybe... <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, maybe the most interesting character so far, I, potentially. At least, at very least, this episode uh, was the most fascinating, dude. So, Adar, Orc Daddy, <laughs> Orc Daddy, take me home. All right. <laughs> take me home. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, who won? Uh, love Orc Daddy. Um, so, I was going to say Galadriel, but I will uh, give another one. Um Matt's loser is my winner. I think Theo won simply because he was rescued from this orc attack. So not unscathed, of course, but he survived a day. And he got some booze at the end, which, you know. And he got drunk. He got wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My winner, since the others were taken, I'm going to go with Waldrig, the old man who kept that Morgul blade alive for so long, and now it seems as if his time is coming close. His leader is coming back. The sword is brought back to life. It's got a new new holder. Uh, and apparently, Adar, excuse me, whereas Matt said, Adar is coming. So, Adar. 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 Adar, Adir. Just call him, Adar. what did they call him? Lord Father. Lord Father. Oof. Yeah. Mm. Incredible. Uh, 
Unreal. All right. They Lord love him. Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Orc Daddy. Why right, do so... the orcs call you Daddy? <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of The Beacons Are Lit. Thank you to the fellowship, Stacy, Matt, Kelly, and thank you all for listening. Go to iTunes, where you read the podcast. Have a good night. Bye.